Blog Talk Radio. And so, at the beginning of the book of Job, and the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And in the Hebrew it reads, so in the land of Uz there happened a man named Job. And we read, this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. So this is a summary statement about the character of Job and his walk before God. This man, it is, so he is pointed out as a man of substantive character. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And so... In Hebrew thinking or in the Hebrew mind, righteousness or rightness is what one does, not what one talks about and fails to practice. So this very powerful book is about the it's about God. And Job, that is, God is the subject of the book. And uh, Job is the direct object of the book. So it is, it is very powerful. And so we're going to see something about the character of God and his witness to human action. So this book uh, has 42 chapters. Uh, in chapters 1 and 2, we have the encounter between Job and Satan. In chapters 3 through 37, we have the encounter of Job and his friends. And in chapters 38 through 42, we have the encounter of Job with God. And so it is a a very powerful book in that we get to see something about uh, about the character of God on display. No matter, that is, no matter how righteous. Job was, uh, could not match or even come close to uh, the rightness of God. And so Job at one point is going to uh, question his uh, suffering. And he's going to uh, want to know why uh, his suffering is so severe. Indeed, God's people are soldiers on the battlefield, but sometimes they are the battlefield. And so it is on the battlefield that we are tested, that our our faith, that is the quality of our faith, faith is tested by God. Now, you and I know uh, through the tests that we have endured 
or faced or suffered through or may be suffering through presently, uh, we may not feel like the suffering is going to come to an end or that there's even a purpose for what, what we are experiencing. That happens along the way. But uh, understand that if you obey God only because of blessing, then the shallowness uh, of your faith will appear in times of testing. And so uh, please read Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, and Matthew 13, verses 20 and 21. So understand that. Um, so what we have here in the book of Job, chapter 1, uh, we have the understanding that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And God is going to tell Job that wisdom cannot be found in the land of the living. Isn't that, a, isn't that quite a statement? Wisdom cannot be found in the land of the living. This encounter that, that Job uh, has with God uh, will be played out within the cosmos, but its reason and purpose is restricted to the environment of the heavens. And so God is not going to share, as it were, with Job's friends the reason he is, he is testing Job. Job's friends do not have privy to the divine throne room. Neither does Job. So they are coming with their speculative and their, uh, their observational wisdom. And they're going to apply uh, their thinking to Job's situation, to Job's circumstance, to Job's suffering. And those who do not suffer the way we suffer are apt to give their advice, their insight, their counsel, and their uh, undivine wisdom with regard to our situation. So... Uh, we read in chapter 1 that he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So uh, his sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This, this was Job's regular custom. So uh, in Hebrew it reads, this was Job's regular custom all the days, all the days. And so that is added in Hebrew. So it is important that we have uh, that information. So this is his character. And uh, so this is his faith walk. And so uh, we're six, chapter one. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and the Satan also came with them. The Lord said to the Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered, and now uh, you remember this word, the Satan, means the adversary. So here... Uh, is not a, a proper noun. It is, but it is descriptive of the character of this particular being. So, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth. 
and going back and forth in it. So, again, we're giving insight into uh, the, the cosmic whereabouts of Satan. Uh, nowhere does the Bible teach that Satan's throne is in, uh, is in hell. That's not the teaching of the Bible. Uh, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him. He is blameless. This is God's estimation of Job. There is no one like him on earth. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, if you remember uh, what remember what Abraham had to go through. Remember uh, the test of the binding of Isaac. And it was through that test and after that test that God said to Abraham, now I know that you fear God through that great test. Here is another great saint. And he is going to go through a great test. So, we read in the uh, Gospels of the testing of the Son of Man under the devil. And what we have, uh, what emerges in these testings is what? Proven character. The book of James talk, uh, talks about te- the testing of believers. And what emerges is what? Proven character. Proven character. Proven character. It is through trials. It is through testing. It is through Ho-Pareso, uh, uh, the testing that uh, demonstrates who we are and uh, what God has worked out in our lives uh, through faith. So then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. Verse 9, and the Satan says, does Job for God for nothing? Now, here is a supernatural uh, and astute legal mind. Notice the way he poses the question. And if you have ever read uh, uh, legal reports or you ever read legal briefs, um, you've heard uh, interrogation, a soft interrogation or hard interrogation of a witness, uh, notice the way they uh, they will pose a question and the artless witness uh, does not know what's going on, So, but he or she will attempt to answer from their experience, believing that they understand what has been said. So, does Joe fear God for nothing? As you notice uh, in Genesis 3, we have the same type of language used. Yea, hath God said. Yea, hath God said. Uh, or you shall not surely die. And then we, uh, Paul will write in Second Corinthians that the woman was thoroughly deceived, was completely deceived. So it does not use that language with regard to the Adam. He was not deceived, but he said. Uh, that his sin was a volitional act. He chose to sin. And uh, 
man, that that is incredible. So uh, he he it was a uh, he this was a willful sin, and so which necessitated the coming of the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ. But uh, the the uh, the Satan says, "Stretch out your hand and strike everything he has." And he will surely curse you to your face. So we have the divine estimation of Job, and then we have the satanic estimation of Job. If you touch what he has, strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now the language is different. Now the language is different. So he believes. It is his belief uh, about Job that if God would do this thing to him, and uh, then something else would emerge, that God uh, did not uh, out on, or God did not recognize, or God did not see. But listen, God understands the beginning from the end, and God knew uh, in, his, in his eternal counseling, Godhead, that Job would be put through this test. He knew the beginning, the middle, and the conclusion. He knew how this would turn out. Turn out. And now notice, Job was blameless and upright, feared God, and shunned evil. This man, uh, this man's heart was filled with the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not stand against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So this man lived within the transformative power of the word. He knew that the word was alive and powerful and sharper than tuning than any two-edged sword. He knew uh, the living reality of the word because he lived within that living reality. And his will, uh, he submitted his will to that word. God was his all in all. And he knew this. And he lived this. This was his life. So uh, we call this, or some have called this, the temptation of Job. The temptation of Job. And uh, so, but this book is about, uh, it, it is the terrifying reality of the freedom of God. Who can say what doest thou? The terrifying understanding of the freedom of God. And God is free to test his own of those who belong to him. Faith cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. James chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And so what we have here is the systematic removal from Job's life of those uh, the blessings uh, that, that God had brought into his life. And so you see the overlapping witnesses in chapter 1 come and tell him, of some calamity, some horrific calamity 
uh, that has come into his life. So, uh, Job, in verse chapter twenty, uh, verse twenty of chapter one, we read: At this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and said, "Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart." So we have this intense, uh, intense grief and sorrow, sudden and unexpected grief. Now, in the Old Testament, the word faith, or it, it is not so much that we have the word faith as a noun, but we have emuna, which means steadiness or stability of the time. And more accurately, the Hebrew has faithing or faithing, which is an activity toward Yahweh in spite of circumstance, event, or situation, or disaster. So, Yahweh is still in control of all things. The faith opens our hearts so that we might see these blessed realities. It is most important that we have the word hid in our hearts because testings are sure to come. Remember, after the devil tested Jesus, he departed from him for a season. And so what we have now in Job's life is a new reality. Job says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And so what we have before us is this new reality of affliction and worship. The word of the Lord gave, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. And so what emerges is Job as an example of faithfulness under trial. James chapter 5, verse 11. Job is an example of faithfulness under trial. God did not remove the test. He did not remove the hurt. He did not remove the pain. It would remain in Job's life because God is doing what? He is taking the faith that Job has, and he's building upon that faith a new and stronger Job. But Job doesn't feel that way. And none of the language in the book of Job talks about him feeling a certain way. But what we do have in the book of Job are Job's own observations of his experience. And so in chapter 2, he experiences burnings and ulcers. And and so the Hebrew word is that is used of his uh, pain as raw. And so uh, now 
in chapter 2, verse 7, we have this verse. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. So uh, in Hebrew, the word is afflicted or struck. So Satan struck Job. Now, we see that the devil has the power to do what? To inflict physical suffering upon human beings. Our current uh, postmodern medical models do not consider this at all. Everything is what? Physics and chemistry. They have uh, a very narrow materialistic view of human suffering. Well, we have to locate it uh, at a certain, within a certain part of the brain or the temporal lobe or the limbic system or the cor- corpus callosum or the parietal lobe. So we have to locate uh, some part of the brain uh, that has to do with a, a particular uh, situation uh, that, so that we can say, okay, we found the answer. But you know, in the uh, in the Gospel of Luke, there's a situation, uh, medical situation, in which a woman had been afflicted with scoliosis. And Luke is a physician who directly states that she had been afflicted in this manner or with this disease through Satan for 18 years. And so uh, he knows how to create uh, all types of suffering. If it's not physical, then it's spiritual or it's in the mind or unclean spirits. Uh, will seek to control the personality, giving what? Supernatural strength, the ability to break chains and fetters, the gastromuphoi, which controls the vocal cords of the individual so that uh, the demons will speak uh, and express the personality of the person, and the person knows that he or she is being repressed, repressed by demonic powers. These are all very real and things uh, that Jesus knew. When we go on uh, in uh, to look at, at Job's suffering, uh, look at other symptoms, uh, we see that uh, he experienced disfigurement. He had a revolting appearance, bad breath, excessive thinness, fever, Uh, He had pain night and day. Uh, And then he experienced excessive weeping, a broken spirit. And he was surrounded by his friends, whom he calls miserable comforters. He says that he was hunted like a wild animal. And that in 19 verse 8, he said he was covered by darkness. So Job hurt as a believer. And this was, this was very real to him. Uh, he wanted the day curse in chapter 3 in which he was born. Uh, verse 8, may those who, who curse uh, 
who curse days, curse that day, those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. Verse 11, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? And so uh, he is appalled by what he has suffered. And uh, now at the end of chapter 2, his three friends show up. And verse 12 reads, when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. And they began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. That was for a brief period of time. They are going to uh, create more misery for Job. So Eliphaz, his name means my God is gold. Bildad, uh, his name means confusing and meddling or mingling. Zophar means pharaoh or impudent. So, or not showing due respect for another, impertinent and brazen. So uh, Job is, Job's hurt uh, is going to be observed briefly, but then he is going uh, to continue hurting. He will feed on his grief in chapter 3, verse 24. Uh, and he will feed, uh, feed on his tears. So what I want to stress, particularly in this study, uh, is the fact that God knows us completely. He sees our actions completely. He knows where we are and the suffering that has visited us. Now, some may think that this is a strange book, what? And they may say, well, why would God afflict his own? Well, you have to read the entirety of the book in order to get an understanding as to what God is doing. Again, who can say, what doest thou? Uh, we have the freedom of God, and God is uh, allowing uh, the, the devil to afflict his servant in strategic ways. The devil has not been given carte blanche uh, in which to attack Job, but he is attacking him in, in specific ways that are divinely allowed. That is, uh, the permissive will of God uh, is at work uh, in the book of Job. And the determined will of God is shown in that God has limited uh, what the devil is allowed to do or the suffering, the type of suffering, the amount of suffering, and the intensity of the suffering that he is allowed to bring uh, into Job's life. Remember that the word of God is the unpolluted witness of our actions. So in chapter 4, uh, Eliphaz, my God is gold. Eliphaz uh, 
invites Job. Now, after the seven days of suffering, Eliphaz invites Job to practice what he preaches. And Job's law and intense suffering and grief is not a consideration for Eliphaz. Job, practice what you preach is his sermon to this believer who is suffering in such a horrific manner. So when I come uh, next study, I'm going to go further uh, into this topic and I see that there were a couple of callers online who wanted to participate. Uh, when I do this second segment and the third segment in this study, I'm going to uh, take calls so that uh, we can share insights as to this particular topic. So uh, until then, I want to say that uh, God bless you. And please understand and know that the word of God is the unpolluted witness of our actions. Uh, John experienced this in Revelation chapter 1, and where John saw his eyes as a flame of fire. Jesus is there for us in the midst of the storm. And I, so until next time, may God bless you.